0: You're listening to No Nonsense Sales from Sales Loft, your weekly dose of sales fun where we interview some of the biggest names in sales and separate sales fact from fiction. And here's your host, Tom
1: Boston. Back again and ready and raring to go. Well, I am anyway, and I hope you are too. This is No Nonsense Sales, and I am once again joined by sales brilliance to debunk a popular sales myth in the form of a B2B sales podcast. And this week, we are talking hustling. It's a buzzword, very trendy at the moment to be referred to as a hustler. If you're in sales, Barry loves the hustle. Always hustling that one. A couple of things came up in my research for this episode. And yes, I do research for this show. Thank you very much. The dictionary definition of a hustler is a person adept at aggressive selling or illicit dealing, which makes me wonder if I want to be referred to as a hustler in sales, actually. Also, the phrase hustle and bustle came up. Those two words, of course, very synonymous with each other. You don't often hear one without the other. In fact, I don't know if you could have bustle without some hustle. So whether you're a hustler, a bustler, or just a downright flusterer, one thing that's universal is that sales is really hard work. So to try to determine if, in fact, salespeople should never stop hustling, I invited Galem Gamay onto the show to give me her take. She's the co-founder at Rev Genius and Revenue Enablement Manager at User Testing and she is hopefully going to help me to figure this one out. Now on LinkedIn, Galem advocates turning a normal conversation into a meaningful one. So first question for her was of course, what does a meaningful conversation sound like? to you. Uh,
0: There's not a particular script for a meaningful conversation, but what it is, is an intention and a reason behind the conversation. And I think this is the differentiator between having a meaningful conversation and not so meaningful conversation is the uh, ability to prepare for the purpose and the intention of that conversation. So this is typically where I see sales reps not succeeding is because there wasn't that preparation And kind of alignment of like knowing why am I reaching out what's the purpose behind this and what do we want to get out of it on both ends what's the win-win situation I think when those things are figured out it's much easier to naturally and organically have a meaningful conversation
1: yeah I think certainly the failure to prepare has come up a few times on on this podcast so it's great to hear talk about that um, and yeah. I think about my time as a seller the amount of times that maybe you've done a little bit of research maybe 30 mm-hmm. 45 seconds you know if you've if you've got the time and then you get that connect and actually that's when you kind of fall short and um, yep. so what what are your top tips then for making sure that reps are prepared and that mm-hmm. they they're set up for success when they are selling
0: yeah Being invested in the process and being invested in that person, uh, I believe is a great way to set someone up for success and set yourself up for success. And that means not just going, like you said, like if you're only spending 30 seconds to a minute researching someone, there's, it's not, it's not enough time, right? Like you can have one approach of going persona based that you might know a lot about the people that you typically speak with in that space. And that works. But you have to know your buyer, you have to know your prospect. Because if you have a prospect who you fail to prepare for, and this prospect is really big on, let's say, content creation, right? So let's say I was uh, trying to prospect you, Tom, and I failed to do my research, I didn't even look at your LinkedIn profile, didn't see I didn't even Google your name, then all I can talk about is the company you work for. And that's not going to hit home to you as much as it might be if I talk about something you particularly said or something that you're particularly invested in. and I think that's the differentiators for sales reps to think about the next step to take to go that extra mile to figure out what else can I find? Like how curious how much can I investigate into this person in order to learn something new?
1: Yeah, and again, it doesn't take too long to actually find that that information, right? And then you're potential buyer gets that warm fuzzy feeling of mm-hmm. actually yeah this person is complimenting something that's specific to the conversation it's relevant um, yep. and yeah just makes you kind of feel feel good so I, I love that I think that's a, I think it's a great tip now I have to ask you about Rev Genius because obviously yeah. as the co-founder uh, I've got so many questions I could ask you but I think the, <laughs> the, the, the first one really is what is it about community that salespeople love? Because we just love it, don't we? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I believe any community that salespeople are a part of, I believe it's about that warm, fuzzy feeling you get when you're surrounded by people who are similar to yourself. They're going not saying that the background has to be the same or the experiences has to be the exact same, but just knowing that we're basically in the same boat going in a similar direction and we can help each other get there. And just feeling... I believe seen and heard from other people who are similar to yourself. Um, it's it's almost thinking about you know how likely would you be, Tom, as an example. You have two kids, right? To be in an environment where you're not with anyone who have any kids, and you specifically have a challenge around this topic, right? Of being a father, it might be something in particular. You're not going to feel as comfortable, or warm and fussy, being in that position and that conversation for a particular challenge that you're facing if other people can't resonate with that. And I think that is the reason why people gravitate towards communities and these niches is that they can find other people similar to themselves with the similar, if not the same challenges. And they know that other people have been there before and they can help them solve that challenge.
1: Yeah, I love that. I mean, helping each other to solve challenges, that's right up my street. But I -hmm. love what you said there about Uh, feeling seen and heard now I think that works in all kind of walks of life whether it's prospects feeling seen and heard or mm-hmm. just connecting with other humans right on a on a basic yes. level have yep. you shown that you understand what they're going through and I think mm-hmm. that comes through things like self-awareness just kind of leading with kindness all this kind of yeah. stuff which help you to um to create better connections am mm-hmm. big fan of kind of human connection as you as you know um, yeah. and are you finding that then in the communities that you're a part of and have you benefited a lot from, um, from connecting with other sellers?
0: Yes, I have. And I do believe that one of the biggest things I look for is the level of empathy that other people can show and that you can resonate with. So that's something I look for. And if I think about life, like, I might be seeing one doctor, and they might be able to empathize with what I'm going through versus a different doctor. This is actually a real-life example that happened to me yesterday, and there was a big difference in those experiences and how I felt walking away from that office. And that's where empathy comes in, is how do you feel after leaving that conversation or interaction? Is it a positive experience? Is it a negative? Is it a neutral? Whatever the case might be, I think that's where the feelings come out of the experience.
1: Yeah, and it's such a great tip for new sellers, right? Mm -hmm. Certainly one of the things I wasn't thinking about when I started selling was how am I going to make people feel? Mm -hmm. The the thing I was focusing on was how am I going to hit my target and how am I going to convince them to buy something? Uh, And just that mindset shift of going, actually, they're probably going to remember how I felt that uh, made them feel rather than even remember the product or service like that's the most important thing so yeah Yeah. love that love that so much um to pivot then towards the topic of this episode we're talking about hustling and Mm -hmm. uh, obviously we're told as salespeople that we should never stop hustling really interested Mm -hmm. to get your take on this because i know that um you often talk about being born with maybe a natural ability to hustle or you've had to hustle your whole life. So do, do you think that that is something you've had from a really early stage?
0: Yes, I have. I don't particularly love the word of hustle because it just doesn't resonate with me. But what it means is like the ability to move quickly. And I think the ability to move quickly in life can go up and down depending on what else is going on. Right. Right. So I can think back about the stages of being a sales rep and being having the ability to move quickly and do multiple things at once, but also kind of protecting my energy and protecting my boundaries. And then I can think about life now, not being a sales rep, not having a quote over my head, but looking at it from a different perspective. So the ability to hustle, yes, I do think that you need to have an ability to move quickly at certain times. But I also think that life has seasons of when you apply these things and what you do.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I don't know if I love the word hustle. Mm-hmm. There's there's almost negative connotations, right? If yeah. I'm going to introduce you to my friend and you might say this person, or they love the hustle, you might yeah. think, well, what does that mean? Are they going to be mm-hmm. kind of maybe self-involved or very kind of, yeah. um, you know, I don't know, you know, focused on, on themselves. But I think what you said there is great. Actually, that hustle mindset is all Mm -hmm. about the ability to, yeah, to adapt and to, Mm -hmm. and to move quickly. We see a lot of changes, right? And I know that you've probably seen a lot of changes in, in, uh, in your time. I mean, what, what have you done in the past to be able to adapt quickly to change? Mm -hmm. Because I think that's something that a lot of listeners will, will be interested to hear your take on.
0: Yeah, it actually goes way back to even thinking about the experiences in my childhood. And that's where it started for me to to create that ability to move quickly, to react quickly to situations, because I didn't have any other choice, right? So that's where it comes from for me. And that's why I say hustle is an interesting choice of word, even for myself. And I have that word in my bio, right? Mm-hmm. But It's an interesting choice of word because I didn't really have a choice. It wasn't a decision to be reactive versus proactive. I do believe that that where people can focus on is that ability to change from if you are someone who's been more reactive to situations, you can now focus on being more proactive to situations and be less kind of on that path, right? Of just quickly reacting to situations and having that uh, hustle movement, Um, that's kind of how I think about it.
1: Yeah, I love that idea of being uh, proactive, right? Because it Mm -hmm. puts you one step ahead of the game always, which is only a good thing, especially in the world of of sales. Now, how about about anyone who's listening then who's maybe struggling openly with that Mm -hmm. mindset, right? They might see Mm -hmm. their peers who seem to be closing deals 24-7, never switching off. And actually, maybe they're like me, maybe they've got a family or maybe they've just got a, a life, they're struggling with that work-life balance. What would your tips be for those people?
0: Uh, a lot of it has to do with self-identifying. Like one, do you enjoy this environment that you're in? Sometimes it requires you to be in seasons where you do have to put in a lot more work into something for a significant amount of time. and Another time it doesn't. So are you willing to do what you need to do to take yourself to the next level? And I also do believe that people tend to compare themselves a lot like, oh, Tom is doing really well and he's doing all these other things and I'm not. So therefore, there's something wrong with me or I'm not doing the right things that may or may not be true. But unless you've I've been able to sit down and identify what is preventing me from doing these things that I need to do and how important is it for me to go down this path? What does this mean to me? Right. Once you start to realize those things and break it apart, then you can start to identify, yes, this is something I need to do more of. And I'm seeing this being successful for somebody else. But here's my spin on it. Here's how I'm going to do it differently. That works for me.
1: Yeah. And I would add to that. Here's how I'm going to inject my personality
0: into, exactly. the, into
1: the process. Right. Because and it might sound cheesy, but, you know, Galen, I I don't mind a bit of cheesy sometimes. Yeah. You know, you are always going to be 100% you and no one can ever yeah. take that away from you. And I think what you said there really, really hit home with me because that was me a few years ago, looking at other people going, yeah. oh, they're doing better than me or they're selling mm-hmm. better than me. And one of the, the big kind of shifts for my kind of mindset was, well, okay, well, I'm just going to do my own thing in my mm-hmm. own way that probably can't be replicated. And I think that's really is a huge key to success because if you yeah. start to stop spending energy worrying about other people and championing mm-hmm. what they're doing, right, and mm-hmm. li- lifting them up, then it can only help you in your journey um, as you focus yeah. on yourself. So yeah, what a, what a great way to end the, the podcast. Yeah, Thanks for sharing that with us.
0: Of course. It's about owning your imperfections too. And, and that's what I'm hearing from you, Tom, and listening to your story and your background is that you probably came to a point of realizing here's actually a strength of mine. I'm, I, can, I can be really serious, but also can be really funny. And that's something I appreciate about you and your content is that it hits home very differently. It's real. It's funny. It's impactful. It's serious. It's all of the things that a human being goes through in terms of emotions, and realizes that there's a connection here, there's something I can resonate with. And I don't have your sense of humor, right? Like, we're very different in terms of personalities, but I can still resonate. And I can still say, this is a really funny person, I really enjoy his content, right? I do love your content, but there's not a moment where I go, what is this? You know, like, it's always something I can take away and go, I like that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh well you're saying you're saying all the right things now galen uh, and i thank you very much i really do appreciate that but i think to touch on what you said then it's about all th- being authentic right people think, yeah. think about that word a lot how do i come across as authentic well actually if you just be yourself and you know mm. i'm not always the happiest person and everything's not always funny sometimes there are yes. times to be serious and times for emotions and all that kind of stuff but we're um we're getting deep now, Galen, which is always good for a B2B podcast. So let's um, let's look at wrapping up. But thanks so much for sharing your, your yeah. insights. But we, we can't finish, of course, unless we decide if this week's topic is a fact or a fiction. So what are your thoughts? Uh, Never stop hustling. Is that a fact or a fiction?
0: I have a hard time deciding on this one. I want to say it is a fact, but again, not that I love the word hustle because it means different things and different connotation to it. But uh, I do believe that there are seasons in life where you do have to, quote unquote, hustle.
1: Yeah, I liked your spin on it, which might be something like... um never stop adapting or um yes on, on, or, or never stop moving keep it fluid right because again yeah. that's the only way to grow in sales um, and yeah. we're gonna end the show then with your choice for a, a pump up song a song yes. that you might put on to get you excited for some selling um uh-huh. do you want to talk us through the reason you've brought in the song and then share what the song is
0: yes okay i have a song in mind it's It changes all the time but this is the latest one the most consistent one and the reason why i'm choosing this song is because it does resonate with me personally with my uh moving you know from from sweden to u.s and then u.s to england and the song is party in the usa by miley cyrus
1: Jumped in the cab, here I am for the first time Look to my right and I see the Hollywood sign This is all so crazy Everybody seems so famous My tummy's turning and I'm feeling kind of homesick Too much pressure and I'm nervous That's when the taxi man turned on the radio And a Jay-Z song was on And a Jay-Z song was on And a Jay-Z song was on Miley Cyrus there on No Nonsense Sales Do those covers get better or worse every week i will let you be the judge we've added that track to the spotify playlist search no nonsense sales you can hear it sung much better than i ever could and of course while you're over there make sure to subscribe so you can join us next week thanks so much for listening